and a very warm welcome to the Financial Freedom Podcast, delivered with incredible personality by the team at Rachel Bell Wealth Management, along with their special guests. Now, today's episode is all around financial planning and exactly what that is. We've called it Wow Moments for a very good reason that you'll find out a little later on. Now, today I'm joined by Practice Principal Rachel Bell. Hello, Rachel. Hello, James. And a very special guest, Steve Bolger. Hello there, Steve. Hello. Now, before we go on, please note that the discussion points we cover in this podcast are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak to a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. So then, guys, financial planning is a huge word and an enormous subject. So perhaps, Rachel, you can just kick us off with a top-level explanation of what it is and why it's important. Wow. <laughs> it's a big question, and I know... I really understand why people struggle with financial planning because it means something different to everybody. But the perception um, is that you will be talking about um, investments, um, pensions and um, facts, figures, graphs and um, pie charts and everything like that. And that I'm probably going to talk to you about things that are very complicated and don't make a lot of sense. It, it is quite often uh, the perception of what financial planning is. I'm not going to try and talk to you about the reality because I think what the, the reality is, is the person on the receiving end of that financial planning, to be honest. Um, what we want to achieve and why we do this in the first place is that we want to make a difference to people's lives through financial planning. And it's about understanding the people, understanding our clients and getting to know them just as well as their own family know them, if not better, that we can build a plan that will literally work with them throughout their lives and help guide them to achieve goals, aspirations, dreams and everything like that. So that's what financial planning is. And the facts and the figures and the numbers are very important, but only a small part of that. Um, they, they, you know, they, we, we, need, we know we need money to survive. We need um, money to work for us. But what that means to everybody is different. And your plan, James, will be very different to my plan, um, as with as with Steve. Um, so I think I would like to pass that over to Steve, really, and to kind of talk about probably ask what your perception was, Steve, as to what financial planning was before you met us. You know those words when somebody says you really should speak to a financial advisor and you see it on television, you hear it on the radio, and I suspect that a lot of people just go, really? Do I have to? Um, can I be bothered? Well, all of those feelings were certainly there when you and I first met. Um Maybe the best way of, of trying to get that across is um, you said, can I come and see you? Because we'd had an, uh, um, an individual chat just when we were introduced. And you came to my house. So that's the first thing. There were no offices. I said, did you want some lunch? You said, oh, that'd be lovely. So we spent a lot of the time talking about the cheese and, and uh, the house and the garden and walking around and... And that informality, that sense of 
beginning to get to know you as you began to get to know us um, was for me the cornerstone of me and my wife beginning to say, you know what, there actually is a point in talking to this person called Rachel Bell. Um, and we hadn't talked about financial planning at all by the time you'd left that first visit. It was more a real sense of getting to know each other and there was no sense that we got when you closed the door that we couldn't just say, Rachel, that's really nice to meet you, thanks very much, um, but, but uh, you know, we don't want to proceed. Or So all options were left open on the table. And that feeling of, of not having to make any decisions, not having to make any commitments, not having to, to commit time or effort or, or thought, um, first up, was, was really nice. And really, it, it meant that Bid and I, my wife and I, could just sit there and say, you know what, she's really nice. And just in terms of allowing someone into your house and your life and feeling that at some point you're going to have to share with this individual quite a lot of personal information. Was there any point where you thought, that's just, I'm not comfortable with that. It's a bridge too far. And I don't mean before you met, before you sat down for that initial meeting. I'm talking here about before that initial meeting took place. I think that, 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 that for me, there were two stumbling blocks. One is apathy, just not getting my finger out. Uh, and the other is precisely that, which is, do we really think that, that we want to do that? That we want to actually open up the, the store for, for, for viewing, in a sense. Um, and that first meeting calmed that second problem. I didn't, and both of us didn't have any problem actually thinking, no, we could, we could, we could talk to Rachel, yeah. There was a sense of trust that can, you can sense it, can't you? You can sense in someone whether or not you feel comfortable with them so that when they say, well, tell me a bit more, you find yourself doing it. You don't actually find yourself thinking about shall I, shan't I? And that was the, that was the feel that, that began to develop beyond that first meeting with, with Rachel and ourselves. So that, that's a really interesting insight into how the relationship first began. Can you fast forward us a little bit in terms of what the next steps were? What happened after the door had closed? The one thing that Rachel and her team do is they follow up. So in other words, she had said, we'll give, I'll give you a little while and then I'll give you a ring. So we knew that actually there was another point that we were going to actually engage with this again. And so that prompted a conversation between my wife and I about, well, what do we do? Do we really want to actually put some time and effort into this? And the answer was yes on the basis of that first visit. Now, when you get into those initial, and there were two or three or, I forget now, but, but set, let's say three meetings where what Rachel was doing, essentially was fact-finding, was trying to say to us, but not fact-finding about money, fact-finding about who we are, 
and what do we want out of life? So I can remember I'm 10 years older than my wife and one of my, or actually the key concern for me um, was when I pop it, okay, I want to make sure that Bid, my wife, is actually uh, catered for, looked after, has actually financially secure. And that came out pretty much spontaneously quite quickly. I'm not sure I ever actually thought about it in that sense, crystallised in that way until Rachel said, what do you want out of life? What, you know, where are you going? What's happening? And so how are the kids? What, what stage are they up to? Um, what, how long do you think you're going to work for? Do you go on holidays? Do you, do you still want to do that? Are you, are you stable in this house? Are you going to stay here for a while? Or you, have you got aspirations to move in? So the facts were about who we were and, and what the kind of big landmarks of our lives were that she could then kind of piece that, I suppose, piece that together and say, OK, I've got a sense of, of what the, it's the word journey, I don't know, it's the, the, the modern word, the, the journey these people could be on if they kind of had a sense of how to do it and how to go about it. And so that first series of meetings was very much about that. And it was intriguing because I kept thinking, well, at what point we're we going to be talking about what we're meant to be talking about? And Rachel kept saying, yeah, OK, Steve, don't worry, we'll get to it. OK, but that bit of and the other thing, of course, is nobody's selling you anything. Nobody's actually saying, well, what we think you need is this within seconds of meeting you. And, and, well, probably the best thing to do if you think about the long term, the medium term, the short term and all those words everybody uses, OK, this is what you should do. So please sign up here and uh, we'll, we'll get on with it. And that was very important, I think, because that allowed us to, to explore. And, and Rachel, that's, that's a really interesting insight we've just been given by Steve there. Why was it so far down the line before the actual questions around finances were, were asked and explored? What's so important about the bit that comes before? Because unless we understand the the person, the family, the life, then we could recommend the best things in sliced bread. But if it doesn't fit that individual's journey or circumstances, it's not going to work. And it's not going to be relevant. It's not going to jump out and give you that kind of wow moment. And, and Steve, the couple of points that Steve mentioned was about making you think about well yeah actually what where are we going with this what do we want to engage with this and actually hang on a minute when are we going to get to the figures because and i'm sure steve what mind me saying this you know steve is is quite numbers driven and very articulate um and technical to some extent more so than than some of my clients and we hadn't come to that bit yet so it could have been a point of frustration really but what we did was what we do is explain why we're gathering this information and why it's important that we take time. And then the reason why we don't just kind of talk about things at the first meeting or sometimes even the second meeting is because building the picture just means that it's 
your plan. The numbers will slot in. Uh, the numbers will slot in very nicely. And I've already then got an idea. So all the time that we're having these conversations and we're talking about family and we're talking about what's important, I'm already in my mind building a picture of where we're going with it. So well, as I said, the, probably the third meeting or so, what I was unable to do was to go back to Steve and say, based on everything we've talked about, this is what I'm kind of thinking. Um, and then we will have a conversation from there. And at that point, then we bring back in the figures. But having that trust, and, and to be honest, I would say it with anybody that for wanting to kind of encourage everybody to try and seek and, and speak to a financial advisor, it's no easy task trying to get that trust. And we, do ne we never, ever underestimate the privilege that it is when we're talking with clients. But I also need them to have time to digest what we're talking about. Because if I just went in and talked flatly to Steve about pensions for half an hour, he would have lost the will to live because pensions weren't on the main agenda. You know, so but I wouldn't have known that unless I'd got to know the person. Um, so you you should never you should always feel that your um, advisor is taking a really active interest, but actively listening to what you're talking about and what you're saying, because I could pick up that Steve's priority was to make sure that whatever happened, um, that uh, bid was okay and that the family was okay and. You know, the, the children um, were sort of recently, well, Hope was just out of university, really, wasn't she? So just out of university. So an awful lot of things going on and, and an awful lot of demands on income as well. So, again, if I hadn't understood all of that information firsthand, it would have been a very easy for me to go in with some unrealistic thoughts and plans that would not fit with what they were wanting to achieve for their family. Just on that note of, of realistic, there was actually another crucial moment um, in all of this. Rachel was talking about me having some handle on facts and figures. One of um, Rachel's colleagues, Pam, came along, sat down and said, how much you spend on this? Gas, electricity wet food, holidays. Now, beginning to, to bottom out what a budget was that would allow us then to be confident about where savings could or couldn't come from was actually quite important. It was like a bit of a bedrock moment. And I don't know about you, but I don't know whether you've got a real handle on your budget that actually all the ingoings and outgoings and... and, and making sure that you actually are up to date with it. I certainly wasn't. Um, and, and that process was... Part, Pam made it a lot of fun, OK? But by the end of that session, where it's just she and I sitting there, bits of paper, couple of hours, calculator, um, where's the evidence for that? Where Bank statement, God, OK, I'll get it, OK. So that there was a bit of facts and figures but not the facts and figures that actually you'd imagine you were going to be talking about, but it was the facts and figures to actually underpin everything that Rachel's just talking about in terms of when the time comes, we know the, the financial um, uh, uh, realities of this family. Mm -hmm.
probably a, a, a missing piece of context here, Steve, if you're happy to share it with us, which is where you were in life in terms of work, career, family, uh, okay. age of children and so yeah, on when you first yeah, started to sure. speak to Rachel. Sure. Uh, first started to speak to Rachel too late, but that doesn't matter. It actually hasn't been too late. That It felt too late, but it, in reality it wasn't. Um, I was 60-odd. Um, I was a uh, partner in an osteopathic practice in, in town, uh, in Carlisle, and um, working very hard. Uh, my wife was a, a consultant in the NHS, um, and uh, we got two kids. Uh, Joe was, is now, well, was then, what, late 20s, Hope just leaving um, uh, university, going to university. So 21. Um, so own house, but still had the mortgage and um, uh, all of that. The business was is a good business or was a good business. Um, so, um, you know, from from the point of view of, of an income, it was good. So in a sense, it, it came at the right moment because actually there was an opportunity to to make up for the fact that we'd not financially planned anything for the, the you know we never had we just we either had the money and could do something with it or we didn't have the money and didn't you know it was one of those jobs and, and where do we find ourselves now and I, I know in the past you've spoken to Rachel about a series of, of wow moments or, or light bulb moments yeah. how did they manifest themselves and what what actually were they um, yeah, I have to remember, aren't I? Um, the last one. So my wife Bid is still working. Uh, she's uh, 60 odd, 61. God, better get that right. Uh, um, the last meeting we had, Rachel, again, back at home, came to the house with Pam, sat down, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right, says Rachel. Now, just before we begin, I'd just like to tell you, Bid, that you can retire any time you like. And that, so out, out of nowhere, all right? So, Bid, I said, no way, no way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not a chance. Rachel just looked me in the eye and said, she can retire any time she likes. Um, Bid, my wife was, at this stage, was clapping and dancing around the room, all right? So, so a big question Steve, did Bid retire? No, she hasn't. I managed to keep her <laughs> keep her working, you know. Cause, cause think, no. Um, no, but she's not retired because she doesn't want to retire. But the fact that she can, at a moment, do it, um, and clearly will. But but no, she's she's still she's still she's having the choice, isn't it? Yeah, you know, she's 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 certainly only working part time, um, and. I suppose there's another bit of of reality that that has occurred as a result of of Rachel, um, yeah, being involved with Rachel, and it's this that before Rachel came along, essentially the money side of our lives was to do with me. Okay, so it was pretty traditional. Okay. Rachel always, always um, uh, spoke with Bid, my wife. And actually that's promoted conversations 
between us that we hadn't been having. Yeah, I got on with dealing with whatever I got on with dealing with. She got on with dealing with, you know, and the conversations about, well, do you want to retire? Because you can now. Or shall we actually go to New Zealand? Because Rachel said we can. Okay. Right. To go to the Lions, to go and watch the British Lions in New Zealand for, for a few weeks with the, in a camper van. Those cost, cost a bit of money. Okay. Somewhere along the line, you need to be able to say to yourself, it's okay, we can do that. We're not going to set up problems later on in the, in the, in the year. We're not going to be finding ourselves short in. Actually, you can do it. All right. And so some of the, but going back to that point of, of that, the nature of the conversations between Bid and I have, has changed because actually we can have conversations about stuff that's real and intelligent intelligently informed rather than thinking about it worrying about it and just operating off prejudices really there will no doubt be people listening to this podcast right now that think i really want a bit of what steve and bid have got because that sounds great what would your message to them be in terms of how you've achieved it <laughs> speak to a financial advisor <laughs> exactly the answer that's, I was that's right, for, that's Steve. Right. no I mean it, it really I do actually mean it that now, I'm not talking about any old financial advisor either actually to be honest I'm talking about Rachel Bell wealth management um, I'm talking about a consistent uh, relationship that has developed over time, which is central and important uh, to us feeling like we feel about not just the financial facts and figures about our, our lives, but actually the impact that that our money management, for want of a better word, uh, is having so that we can do things we want to do. And uh, if you want to take the worry away if you want to take the anxiety away if you want to take the i don't know the bloody hell i'm doing with this away then it can be done wonderful and rachel I, steve's very kindly said there i'm not talking about any financial advice i'm talking about rachel bell wealth management i think you, you always take a, a broader view and say you know we just want people to speak to a financial advisor and if it's if it's us that's amazing. But the most important thing is to be in control of your finances and seek the guidance and support that you need. I'll leave the final word with you on, on the subject in terms of the importance of doing that. Wherever you are in life or whatever you perceive your financial position might be. Yeah, it's um, for us, we want to really kind of work on making advice accessible because it's not as easy as it used to be to um, to find a financial advisor. It used to be financial advisors who worked in banks all the time. But we really want to encourage everybody to just have the conversation and to ask for help. Um, you know, you don't just have to Google it. You, you want to, when it's something as important as your family's lives and finances, you need to be able to sit down with somebody and ask for help and support um, and to feel that you can have that trusted face-to-face -face relationship that's backed up by substance. 
Um, and I think the, the final part that I did want to bring in with Steve that I think, because Steve, you know, you have always worked very closely with numbers and I remember you did, you know, you did have a wonderful spreadsheet, but something that I think finally made you feel that you've got true financial freedom was when we looked at the cash flow modelling. Um, which again is not it's not pertinent to everybody, but a cash flow modeling is basically a tool that we can demonstrate or allowed me to be able to demonstrate and go in and say to Steve's wife, you can retire today because we're planning for living a hundred years. We're all living a lot longer, but it's not getting any cheaper. So when we do the cash flow modeling for people starting out in their planning journey, there'll be a lot of red on it, which basically means we've got work to do, but we've got time to do that. When you're kind of looking at retiring, you want the security of knowing that it's not going to run out. And that's what the cash flow modeling tool did. And then I remember going through mm. it with Steve and you were you were quite blown away with the whole thing, Steve, weren't you? I, I was. Um, cash flow modeling as a set of words left me pretty dry mouth really I, I thought what's all this about um what it's about is simply saying um you've got this amount of money in different places and ways um is it going to last you're going to be all right and that feeling of that that demonstrated on a screen okay okay it is technical in that sense but that yes you know, you're going to be okay. It's still hard to believe, mind. You know, I mean, he's still, he's still, you have to have a kind of a top up to remind yourself that, no, Rachel says he'd be okay, it'll be okay. And then you see it for yourself. And that, that was actually yeah. uh, really quite important. Um, no, very important, actually. Um, and that maybe is another thing about, I, I, I'm sorry, I, 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 Rachel has consistently said, speak to a financial advisor, actually spends time in schools um, and in a lot of different venues in, the, in and around the county, uh, trying to get to people who, who traditionally wouldn't be wanting to speak to a financial advisor. All right? And so I appreciate that, that her view is, you know, anybody just, just ask for some help and support. My problem is that actually I know that the service and the quality of service that you'd get varies, okay? And there are different kinds of financial advisors. So for, for people who happen to be listening, I'd be saying make sure that you kind of get one that kind of mirrors. If it's not with Rachel, that's fine. But mirrors the kind of process that I'm talking about because uh, you don't want to end up signing a bit of paper every six months with another product that goes in the filing cabinet that you don't know what it means, where it fits, what benefit it, what, when it will be of benefit, whether or not it will be of benefit, because that's what I think happens a lot. And that's why, to be honest, financial advisors sometimes cop a lot of flack. Um, not this one. <laughs> Every week in the pod, we are going to take a myth linked to the world of financial planning or wealth management and bust it right open. Today, the myth is as follows. I really need to have 
everything in order and organised before I call a financial advisor. Rachel, let's get some truths around this. It's a no, you don't. <laughs> um, because really, that is part of the job that we really enjoy. And Steve's talked a lot today about spending time getting to know you. Getting to know you is also helping you to get organised. And do you know what? I don't think I can hand on heart say that we have never come across anybody who could tell us about everything that they had and most importantly, what it meant to them. Um, and a lot of people have done a lot of things well. They don't think they have, but they have. Just open up the doors, have the conversation and let us help you to get organised, to have a strategy and to have a plan. Well, that's great. Very sage advice there, Rachel. Thank you very much and thank you for clearing that particular myth up. We will have a myth every single week in this series of the podcast. All that remains now is for us to thank Steve very, very much for your honesty, your candidness and the time you spent telling us about your own financial journey. And Rachel, once again, thank you for your input and insights into the Financial Freedom Podcast. And thank you, James. Thank you, James. We always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod or if you've got any questions about the world of financial planning or wealth management, and we'd love for you to get in touch. You can find us on our social media channels across Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram simply by typing Rachel Bell Wealth Management into the search bar and as if by magic the ladies will appear or you can head to our website rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk where you'll find lots of details and a contact us form. I also need to share with you that the value of an investment with St James's Place will be directly linked to the performance of the funds you select and the value can therefore go down as well as up you may get less back than you invested. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St. James's Place Wealth Management PLC, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purposes of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services, more details of which are set out on the group's website, sjp.co.uk.